Let us continue this unlikely, improbable story with a few words from the gospel attributed to Luke. That same day, two of Jesus' friends were walking to the village of Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were deep in conversation, going over all of the things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and their questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, What is this that you are discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there, long-faced like they had lost their best friend. One of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who has not heard what has happened during the past few days? He said, What has happened? They said the thing that happened to Jesus of Nazareth. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by God and the people. Then our high priests and the leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death, and the Romans crucified him. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one to deliver Israel from Roman occupation, and it is now the third day since it happened. But some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning they were at Jesus' tomb and couldn't find the body. They came back with a story that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said, but they didn't see Jesus either. Then Jesus said to them, So thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? Don't you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and then only enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went on through the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to the Messiah. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. Jesus acted as he he were going on, but they pressed him, stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening and the day is done. So he went with them, and here's what happened. He sat down at the table with them. Taking bread, he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And at that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. And then he disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Did we not feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the scriptures to us, they asked? They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven disciples and their friends gathered together, talking away. It's really happened, they said. The master has been raised up. Simon saw him. Then the two went over everything that had happened on the road to Emmaus and how they recognized him when he broke the bread. My grandmother, who died in 1989, has a habit of visiting me occasionally in my dreams. 
Unbidden, she appears to me, looking very much as I remember her, with the same voice and the same mannerisms. Her small, wiry body is dressed exactly as she used to dress. Her glasses and cane, her smile, it's all exactly as I remember. My grandmother usually turns up in my dreams when I most need her, at times of stress or confusion. She comes into my subconscious, bringing love, reassurance, and occasionally actual words that I need to hear. I cannot force her into a dream, nor can I ignore her when she's there. She might appear three nights in a row and then not again for two years. She last appeared to me only a couple of weeks ago, and I'm surprised every time. And I have learned to pay attention when she arrives. My brain has conditioned itself to remember her visits because they mean something. I'm always thankful for the connection we had when she was alive that allows my dreams to bring her back to me. I have no illusion that my grandmother is sitting somewhere in another realm actually channeling her words to me. My skepticism of New Age thought tells me that it is not possible to commune with the dead. I am not dismayed to realize that my grandmother's nocturnal appearances are some function of my brain. The scientific knowledge of death, memories, and dreams is extensive. And yet, how often I find myself like one of the two people in our story, how often I find myself on the road to Emmaus. In a continuation of our Easter story, Luke tells us how Jesus appeared to two people as they walked to the village of Emmaus. A resurrected Jesus approaches them and walks with them, but they are not able to recognize him. Jesus' questions bewilder his companions. They find it incredible that he claims not to know about the tragic events that have so recently gripped all of Jerusalem. And they are so caught up in these events and their proximity that they have forgotten to look beyond them. Here are people who Jesus loved and who loved him and who followed him even to his death, and yet they do not recognize him when he walks beside them. The story does not tell us that Jesus was trying to hide his identity. It does not say that he was trying to trick them. It shows that he is amused enough with their blindness to ask them some questions. He toys with them a bit to see if they can recognize him. It is only when at their insistence he takes a meal with them that they are able to see him. It is then that they realize what their hearts had known all along. How often have we, too, been so wrapped up in our lives that we fail to recognize the teacher among us? How often have we, too, been so blinded by our own preoccupations that we have let moments of clarity and insight pass us by? How often have we not recognized help when it was standing right beside us? On the road to Emmaus, Jesus is transformed 
from the leader of a select few to a teacher of all who will listen. In this moment of resurrection and revelation, Jesus is available to any who remember his teachings. He has become one of the great teachers of all of the ages. What happened to his body is not important. It's what happened to his spirit that is. The Easter story is just that, a story. It is a powerful metaphor for life. Like most of the Bible, this story is available to us as it has been in every century to people to bring our own situations to it. Stories do not need to be proved or disproved. They need not stand up to the test of history or science. The story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection hold the power every compelling story holds. It allows us the chance to travel with the characters in the drama and to feel what they feel. The Easter story allows us to walk the road to Emmaus and to see in metaphor what we cannot see with our own eyes. We should not seek the living among the tombs of the dead. Rather, we should seek the dead among the living. We should look at the examples of men and women we admire and have our actions imitate theirs. We should keep their memory alive. All any of us has is this life, this particular time and space, None of us knows for certain where we came from or to where we will return. All we have are the examples of other people's well-lived lives to guide our own. All we have is the faith that this life is good and that we humans can make a difference. When people ask me if I believe in the resurrection, I say, sure. I see resurrection all around me every day. I see a beautiful earth that renews itself each year. I see people recover from illnesses and leave the hospital. I see infants and baby animals. I see people helping one another. When I look in the mirror, I see one grandfather's eyebrows and the other grandfather's receding hairline. (laughs) I know the difference a word of encouragement can make. I know the comfort just sitting with someone else can bring. I'm inspired by the life of Jesus and by so many other men and women who lived boldly, wisely, generously, and faithfully. Sure, I believe in the resurrection. Maybe not the bodily one that some people might want to ask me about, but the metaphorical resurrection of all living things through the great cycles of nature and memory, yes, this resurrection I believe in. I need the reassurance of that resurrection to live my life, and I suspect that you do too. This Easter morning, may we not seek the living among the tombs of the dead. Might we have eyes to see beneath life's facade, recognizing inspiration when it comes our way. Might the dreams and accomplishments of our ancestors live on in our actions. 
May our voices rise with all of those who would proclaim this day, a day of life and a day of hope. May our living make us worthy of resurrection, worthy of stories and praise, worthy examples for generations to come. So be it. Amen.